0: This episode of the Bamboo Pastors podcast has been brought to you by Resource Global. Resource Global is an organization whose mission is to teach, mentor, and connect emerging Christian marketplace leaders around the world so that they can renew their workplaces and cities for the gospel. From Jakarta to Singapore, from Nairobi to Johannesburg, and from Austin to cities worldwide, Resource Global is bringing these leaders together to learn from like-minded leaders in their own cities, as well as leaders from around the globe. To find out more about the work of Resource Global, please visit resourceglobal.org.
1: Welcome to the Bamboo Pastors Podcast, a podcast that explores the joys and challenges of being an English speaking pastor in a Chinese church. I'm Jalen Chan, and I'm here with my co host, John Mon. Hey, everyone. Together, we host the Bamboo Pastors Podcast. We're glad that you're here with us. Come on in and have a seat at the table. Hello, welcome back to the Bamboo Pastors podcast. John, it has been a long time since we have released an episode. It's been a long time since we've had an interview, but it's always good to see you. Always good to talk with you. Um, this is a loaded question because I know we've, we've chatted offline yep. uh, quite a bit, obviously, but how are you doing?
0: I am doing well, Jalen. Thank you for asking that. It is good to see you. Um, I think without going into too many details for our listeners, I had some health challenges earlier uh, this year. And so that really like kind of threw me for a loop. And just now getting back into our regular rhythm, both for, uh, you know, first for ministry, but actually, and then and now for the podcast. So you know, we're not just saying this listeners, when we say it's good to see each other, it is really good to see each other and to hang out yeah. and um, be on the podcast tonight. So I'm doing, you know, right now I'm doing pretty well. We just this weekend had like a crazy storm roll through the the, um, the Bay area. I think it probably also affected our guests that we have on later tonight. Um, but up here in, in the Bay, it rained a ton. There was, um, just like winds were really crazy. And uh, and so I actually, my apartment lost power on Sunday after, um, sometime in the afternoon, I wasn't home at the time when it happened. Um, but then I knew it because I think I got all these like, you know, um, messages on my phone, basically like the internet company saying, yeah, internet's down. And then the power company saying, oh, their power's out. And then um, the, the estimates from the power company was like, it's probably going to be like 2 or 3 days before you get power back. I'm like, "Oh no, like this is terrible, you know. Uh what a way to spend my sabbatical on Monday or not sabbatical. What a way to spend my sabbath on Monday because I spent like a good 6 hours of it at church because that's <laughs> there was power at church but not in my apartment. Um but thankfully the Lord was gracious and I got power back a little over 24 hours later. So nice. it was yeah. a one day disconnected in some ways a little bit um got extra rest that night um yeah. since there was nothing to do I slept really early so yeah it was kind of a a tumultuous start to 2024 and a tumultuous start to my week so mm. but it's
1: good the lord has been gracious and
0: good so
1: how about you what have you been up to um so you know we're recording uh just a few days before uh Chinese New Year or mm. Lunar New Year and uh our church has a um our 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 Mandarin congregation is putting on like a variety show and dinner and um they invited our English congregation and you know they asked if we could do some things and for the most part I think the English congregation just wants to attend and watch there's not a lot of like participants Um, but the mandarin pastor like two weeks ago was like hey uh how would you like to do a song with me and i said um maybe (laughs) and he said he said so okay keep in mind he's a mandarin pastor right he's like i i really love listening to um cantonese music (laughs) and like cantonese christian like christian pop songs Hmm. like okay cool like i don't like you know, my parents are from Hong Kong, and so I speak a very little Cantonese. And uh, so he played this song. He's like, what if we sang this for the congregation, like as a surprise? Um, and it's a, uh, it's, it's a song called, um, which is like, um, uh, I think the, the official English translation is like an unreserved love. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I listened to it and I was like, I don't know if I can in two weeks, I don't know if I can get my Cantonese <laughs> to that level. Right but um he's like let's just do it (laughs) and and he's like i don't you know i don't speak cantonese either so i was like okay well in my mind i'm like okay if i can just maybe get my cantonese a little bit better than our mandarin pastor like that should be great right so um anyways this these last two weeks we've been uh i've been listening i've listened to that song probably like 500 times and uh (laughs) i've just been trying to figure out how to how to pronounce pronounce it properly and correctly and hit the notes and all that so uh, by the time this episode goes out, it will it will have already happened, um, so I'm not spoiling the surprise for okay. for anyone. But okay. um, yeah, I'm I'm excited and nervous and like scared to scared to. I, I I've never used that much Cantonese in my life, so <laughs> it'll be it'll be fun.
0: I have so many questions. The first one <laughs> is: Will this be recorded, um, so that I can watch it, and then? My second question would be what sort of like campaign would we need to do on this podcast to get you to perform it on the podcast? Like if we got 50 new subscribers to the podcast, you know, or like if a post of this episode got a hundred likes on Instagram, would that be enough to get you to perform it?
1: Yeah. I mean, if we get a hundred likes on like, yeah it would have to be on one platform not a combined okay you know okay so i know we'll whatever but yeah i'd be totally willing to do it if it if because i'm i'm almost i'm i'm fairly confident we wouldn't get that many likes but if we get to (laughs) let's set the number at 100 if we hit 100 i'll sing it on the next episode really Um, (laughs) okay this is this is being recorded (laughs)
0: jalen excellent okay i like this
1: i'm i'm fairly confident i'm i'm gonna withhold my like for the post just (laughs) to make sure it doesn't. Anyways, um, but no, it will be, it'll be recorded. It'll be on YouTube. So, okay. So people don't have, you don't have to, you know, certainly like, yeah, we, we would definitely appreciate the likes, but don't do it just for the song. You you can just check it out on YouTube.
0: So listeners, it's okay to do it just for the song, just for this week. (laughs) So I give you, Um, I give everyone permission to do that. I
1: might be regretting. regretting (laughs) maybe. maybe. Mm -hmm. So,
0: oh man, well, it is good again to see you and good also. Uh, I'm mean, tonight for us to have our guest on. I'm excited. Um, he is a first-time guest with us, though we both uh, crossed paths with him when we were in Houston um, back almost almost a year now, I mean, maybe less, a little bit less than a year, like nine or ten months ago. And I feel like we've been having a lot of guests on recently who we connected with or met or you know were in the same room at the very least uh, with when we were in Houston. And, and I think that really speaks to the connections that were made at the um, CHC um, collective, right? I always mix up which word comes on the end of that. But um, <laughs> tonight we have on Stephen Su. Um, Stephen is the senior pastor at Chinese Evangelical Church of San Diego. And so we are super excited to have you on, Stephen. Thank you for Hanging out, hanging out with us tonight and uh, coming on the podcast.
2: Yeah, it's great to be here. I hope we get that 100 likes because I definitely want to hear Jalen's swing.
1: <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I don't know if you really want that. But, Stephen, it's it's uh, it's really good to have you. And um, I really appreciate it. Personally, I just really appreciated your sharing uh, at the CHC Collective and was really blessed by that time. Uh, you and all of the presenters, but I, I was just really... Um, grateful to hear from you and also just to, you know, just knowing that you have a heart for second and third generation, uh, Chinese Americans is, um, is so it's, it's, it's a blessing for me and encouragement for me personally. Uh, but we, we also, we always start our, uh, our interviews with the same question for every new guest. Um, would you briefly share your ministry journey and your calling with us?
2: Yeah, uh, my pleasure. Again, it's a pleasure to be here with you guys. Um, I grew up in a non-Christian home, so I'm a first-generation Christian, and I grew up uh, at Bay Area Chinese Bible Church, uh, the church that Steve Quinn pastors. Hmm. And throughout my life, I always had a love for the church. Um, I was always serving in different leadership roles um, since middle school. Uh, a number of many years later, I moved down to Southern Cal, uh, get my MBA, and then I was working at a consulting firm called Anderson Consulting, um, which is now called Accenture. And after about five or six years, I started to not enjoy going to work anymore. So every morning I went to work, it just didn't feel like a happy place for me. Um, And not that the work wasn't important or um, meaningful, but I just felt a disconnect there. Um, So I was praying to God about uh, really what he wanted, and maybe there was something that he was calling me to. And uh, and I thought about doing kind of different things, like um, maybe starting a new business, maybe working at another consulting firm, but um, none of those really satisfied what I was thinking. And then God brought into my heart this thought about, you know, what do you enjoy doing the most? And it has always been serving God. So it's always mm-hmm. been at church. It's always been serving God. So it just made me think, maybe this is what God is calling me to. Um, By God's grace, I was able to take a year off, and I studied Hebrew at uh, UCSD, University of California, San Diego. And um, and at the end of that time, I just felt God calling me to go into full-time ministry. So I went to Bethel Seminary, graduated there, and then the church I was at, Chinese Evangelical Church, uh, called me to serve him so and i've been with them for 24 years now Mm -hmm. and um been senior pastor there for 20 years so that's sort of the journey i've been on.
0: oh wow yeah yeah you know i think it's just uh something that that really uh, amazes me is not just the longevity that you've had at that church which is already rare i feel like in in the circles that we run in um, to kind of meet someone who's been at at one church. And and from what I understand, this is the only church that you've you've served in. Right. Like, um, yeah. Yeah. And so um, to have that sort of longevity in the same place. But then I think on top of it, also for you to have been in the um, the senior pastor role for the vast majority of it. Um, we just I, I feel like Jalen maybe maybe Jalen, you know more or can think of someone off the top of your head. But I feel like I don't really know anyone that has kind of been on a similar journey as as you. Um and so it's it's yeah, I'm uh I I don't want to use the word impressed because it's it's not like I mean we definitely admire what you're doing, but I think it's just a testimony of God's grace in your life and how He's used you to impact that church. And so we want to explore a little bit of that. We have a couple different things I know that Jalen and I want to hear about um, from you. But I think for me, just this this idea of um, you having been in the church for for all these years, and as a um, you know a second or maybe third generation Chinese American, um, you know you've been um, serving, in that that in and of itself, again, is also a rare thing. What are some of the joys and challenges that that come to mind, I guess, um, as you think about your time serving as a senior pastor at um, Chinese Evangelical Church?
2: Yeah, let me just back up for a sec. I think, yeah, I think there aren't as many, but who are English speaking senior pastors, but I think more and more coming online, which is the most exciting thing to me. Um, you know, you guys know about Steve Quinn up at CBC and then Fred Taos, functionally the senior pastor at Houston Chinese Church, Mm -hmm. even though he's never taken that title. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. there's Godfrey Hom at FCBC, Joey Chen at Sunset. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, there's there's more guys coming online. So I'm really, really excited about that um, to see God do that. So I'm really hopeful that there will be more. Um, I think for myself, just to explain my situation a little bit is that my church is unique and not unique. It's it's not unique in the sense that it's a tri-congregational Chinese church. It's um, Cantonese, Mandarin, and English. And English is the largest congregation now. But um, what makes this church unique is that when it was started, it was started by um, Cantonese and English-speaking brothers and sisters. And the first pastor they hired was a Shanghainese pastor. Hmm. And he couldn't speak Cantonese. Hmm. So that meant that the leadership has always been in English, because that was the only language that was common among the Cantonese English brothers and sisters. So I think that kind of paves the way for the potentiality of an English speaking senior pastor at this church. I think if that weren't the case, then um, I think, yeah, you might be just talking to an English speaking pastor at this time. Hmm. You know, but I think because the leadership was in English, then it allowed that transition to be much more easier. So and I think that's what I'm seeing in a number of the Cantonese churches where the Cantonese side is aging out. And then if you have a decent sized English there, then I think you start to see this transition over. Hmm. Um, I'm not too sure if this is happening in the Mandarin speaking churches right now, but it seems like it's happening in um more and more Cantonese-speaking churches, just because of the immigration pattern and um, things. What are the joys and challenges? So, so coming back into that, um, I think for myself as in the senior pastor role, it is really wanting to see each congregation thrive and flourish, and. The apex is probably seeing all three congregations work together. So it's it's a typical challenge in any Chinese church. It's the typical challenge that I face. It's it's very, very similar. Um, So for myself, I do speak a little bit of Cantonese. I don't know if I speak more than Jalen or less than Jalen. I'm not sure. I'm at the kindergarten,
1: first grade level.
2: I don't know where Jalen is.
1: I'm probably, probably pretty close to that too.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I also speak a little bit of Mandarin because I took two years of Mandarin in college. So what I've really enjoyed has been um, when the Mandarin Cantonese congregation asked me to speak there and I can just participate in their worship and just see how they worship and then see how God's blessing them. And when I get to know some of them and work with them, um, that really brings me a lot of joy so it's um so even though i'm really tagged with the english but i'm not the english congregation pastor jimmy lee is and he leads that um, and i do most of my ministry in the english um, it's a joy to be in the other congregations i think that's what's unique about the position and i think i've been blessed kind of seeing how our mandarin is probably it's the smallest congregation but it's led the most people to christ it's just really amazing how they do that Hmm. um it's really neat seeing how our cantonese have a real heart to reach the cantonese in mexico and so that's been pretty neat Hmm. and that's been great being in english and um yeah just all the different things that english do to support the church and run the church so um, so i think the challenges we face are similar to all the different chinese churches which is how do you kind of keep everything together? You know, how do you kind of keep everybody running together and doing things together? Um, I noticed that in our church, we, all three congregations tend to have a heart for mercy ministries. Hmm. So when we do things like feed the homeless, everybody, all three congregations want to be involved. Uh, when we do things like the 6K Walk for Water, all three congregations want to be involved. So I really appreciate how our entire church has that heart. So those are things that keep us together. Um, The other things that tend to keep us together are like the children and youth ministry, because there's parents from all three congregations. And we notice that sometimes there's a little bit of synergy with the parents coming together. And um, I think what we're trying to figure out is, do we need a family ministry uh, that goes across all three? Just like what they do at FCBC Walnut and Terrence Shea is doing that. And so so we've talked to Terrence and we're excited about the possibility of family ministries going across all three congregations. That maybe that'll bring our church together. So hmm. so I think in many ways we're kinda like a typical Chinese church, but we're kinda different in that we're a majority English. Um, and we're starting to get broader now where there's more Caucasians coming. Um, and we'll see what God does. Um, but people seem to be comfortable with that so far. So 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 looking forward to what God's gonna do. So I don't know what the answers your question, but those are just the things off the top of my head.
1: I, I think it's so exciting to hear just the, the way that you talk about your church because I can tell there's a there's a pastoral heart there. And it's not just for the you know, even as you said, it's not just for the English, even though you're primarily doing more of your ministries with the English congregation. Um, but there's an involvement that you have as a senior pastor, um, that I think is just, I, you know, I love that about, about pastors is that it's, it's evident when they have a pastoral heart. And so I really appreciate your heart for all three congregations, which is exciting. Um, and it is interesting. I think it's, it's, uh, really fascinating. And I, and I, I, I can, think of a few churches that are like that, where the English congregation is starting to be the, the larger congregation in Chinese heritage churches, um, and I know that for you, your your passion is ministering to second and third generation Chinese Americans. Um, what have you seen as a challenge in um, discipling and reaching second and third generation Chinese Americans?
2: I think that's where the work of this uh, Chinese Heritage Church uh, collaborative is really important. I think sort of having that um, understanding of Chinese heritage that, you know, and helping the church understand that, that, you know, we honor our past, our Chinese past, but we're not bound by that Chinese past. Kind of, I think that's what the second and third gen really want. Like Hmm. they're coming to church, right? So they're there. Um, So there's something Chinese that they're attracted to. And yet at the same time, I don't want to say they're repulsed, but they don't want it to be exclusive in a sense that, oh, we can only be for Chinese. So where I think that's maybe slightly different than maybe for the first gen, where it's kind of, okay, we're for Chinese, then we want to stay for Chinese, right? We don't want to go beyond that. But I think for the second and third, I I think it's broader than that. So Hmm. I think the challenge in the church is making sure that we communicate that um, and also making sure that the first gen are comfortable with it that they're, they're good with that idea. Hmm. Um, and so, so far they are, but what's surprising my church is there hasn't been as many cross-cultural marriages, which tend to expand that. And so get the first generation, Oh, my daughter is married to someone who's non-Chinese. So of course I'm going to embrace that. Right. Hmm. So we haven't had as many cross-cultural marriages in our church. Um, but I think the first gen is, has, So far, been still pretty good about things, but, but I will just say we are 98% Chinese, you know, 97, 98% Chinese, so I'll qualify for saying that. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm curious, like, as you have led, um, you know, your church that has multiple generations represented multiple languages. What are some of the things that you've seen work to, to bridge those? I know you just kind of shared one that potentially could help like um cross-cultural marriages. Um, but I'm just I'm just curious if there have been things that you you've noticed or seen or been intentional about doing that have helped to bridge those things. Cause because what I'm hearing is that on a surface level, it feels like it sounds like, oh, it's different values, right? There's one value of like we're just gonna reach Chinese people. And then another value of like we want to reach beyond it. But I actually think it's not a different value it's just expressed very differently or it's the same value right it's the value of seeing people join the family of christ um but maybe our hearts are drawn to different groups and i think that's necessary for the kingdom and so how do you kind of like help people understand that and bridge those two things when it seems on the surface like they're incompatible or difficult to be you know side by side
2: yeah i think i mean i think the the leadership of the Chinese side, um, they have to know that you're for them, you know. And I think I think that's a lot of it. Is that um, so? As I think, once they you know that you're for them, you know, I, you know, we want the Cantonese side to thrive. We want the Mandarin side to thrive. Then I think it becomes natural that they want the English side to thrive too, you know. So I think part of it is on us as pastors to um, just do what's best for the other congregations at time that yeah. might not be the best for your own congregation. And then they realize, okay, you're really for us. Um, I think that's part of it. And so even in our church, we had a situation where the English was outgrowing one facility and we have two facilities that we have, um, uh, uh, two services that are going on at the same time. Okay, one is in English and one is in uh, Cantonese. And the English was outgrowing, and so the Cantonese had the larger space. Um, But we realized that it wasn't right for us to ask for the larger space. You know, the larger space had more handicap-accessible places, um, and it was traditionally been the place for the Cantonese. And so so we were willing to say, hey, no, we're just going to make it work, and, you know, we'll do overflow or some other things, but, you know, we'll let the Cantonese we're not going to fight the Cantonese brothers and sisters to take over a larger facility. And I think that meant, I think that spoke to them. I think that meant something to them that, you know, Hey, you know, your congregation's legit, even though our congregation's growing a little bit faster here. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, as long as we're doing that, I think then they become more open to us thriving and doing well. So I think, I think part of it's on the pastors that, um, that we have to have that heart and, and I think this was, this heart actually came from our English pastor, um, Pastor Jimmy, that he's the one who said, no, we're not going to move over there. Mm. So it's like, we're not going to take that. We're not going to fight for the Cantonese for that. We'll just make it happen here. So um, so he had a heart to really make sure the Cantonese thrive. So, uh, yeah, so I think it's things like that that maybe help the other side to kind of like see it from your side. So... Mm. Um, and that's where i really appreciate our pastoral staff is that um, you know i think everybody is wanting the best for each congregation i noticed that at every meeting that when we're talking about it um, and i think if if it starts with the staff and it's there then it'll work its way out so you know but if it isn't on the staff if the staff doesn't have that it's not it's never going to get there no matter what you do right it has Staff, then don't work mm. this way so so i really appreciate pastor jimmy on that and kind of like uh, really his heart for the cantonese too
1: so mm. yeah i think that's 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 something that we should strive for you know in congregational pastors finding congregational pastors that are not just concerned about their own congregation but able to look at the other congregations and have a heart for them as well and i think that you know, so often we find in, in, in Chinese heritage churches, sort of a, you know, this is my turf, that's your turf. And, yeah. you know, maybe if we, if we, if we can get along, that's great. But as long as you don't disrupt what I'm doing and I don't disrupt what you're doing, then we're fine. But I think that in order for our CHCs to really thrive, there has to be that, that sense of mutual submission, right. And that desire to, to see and want the best for. The other congregations um and i think that for you know we can speak we should speak to english pastors here as english you know for for you know for me being an english pastor i want to say to other english pastors yeah care for your cantonese congregations care for your mandarin congregations and you know serve your mandarin pastor serve your cantonese pastor because that's going to be beneficial for the kingdom that's going to be beneficial for your you know local church um but how do you what are some ways that you see um investing in second and third generation pastors, like whether it's developing that sort of heart to care for, um, the wider church body. Um, what are some, what are some ways that you feel are helpful in developing second, third gen, um, pastors?
2: Maybe the best way to express this is to, if we really, you know, if you're a standalone say some of the church plants that have been like English speaking, then this might not quite apply. But if you're in a Chinese heritage church, then I think it's really the best way to approach it is to make sure we have a missional hat on. Because I think what happens, we have our pastoral hat on, right? So I'm pastoring my people, I'm pastoring them in their context, but then we might miss that in the larger context, we're really doing missions work, mm. right? Because it's a Chinese church, right? It's a Chinese heritage church, right? We're not we're not in the broader society. We we are in a subset. So, so I think it's really part of it is having a little bit more of a missional mindset, and realizing that we are in a missional setting, which I think we kind of forget sometimes, mm. um, and I think we need that to remind ourselves we are in a mission setting Um, i think we tend to just see it as we're in a church setting so i think that's one Um, i think the thing is if your church allows for it and this is more on the obc side is that if they allow the english speaking to speak over and kind of say hey you know or if you can ask hey can i guess speak at your congregation you know (laughs) just go there and kind of see it's pretty mm-hmm. eye opening, right? You you start to see, oh wow, you know, like like for me, I didn't know like uh, if you were asked me which congregation had the most vibrant service, you know, you can't kind of say of course English has the most vibrant service, and it's like it isn't true. The most yeah. vibrant service in my church is the smallest congregation. It's the Mandarin congregation. Oh wow. my, mm-hmm. like, those guys are just like they're full on building their songs to just like singing these streams of phrase songs. They're totally going at it and they're raising their hands, you know, the English, not quite there, you know, Um, but I would never have known that if I didn't preach on the other side, so I would say, I think one of the things that has helped our church um, for our pastors is to really, um, really have a chance to preach on the other side, and I don't know how all churches work, so but I think would be interesting for you know some of the listeners if you are in a you know CHC setting, you know to ask your Mandarin or Cantonese pastor, hey, what do you think if I get a chance to speak over there and maybe you get a chance to speak over here and you know let's kind of see what that's kind of like. And then they tend to learn a little bit more about your service and who the people are that are in your service too. And so it becomes more of this mutual thing. So so mm-hmm. I think that's another thing I would suggest um the other thing it's just it just naturally happens at our church because the leadership all speaks in english um but if your leadership meetings are in english with other congregational pastors or leaders then that's how you develop that heart too Um, and i think that's the biggest handicap for most chinese churches is that uh, if they're not willing to do english in their um, highest level of leadership, then it, it becomes hard. And I think that's where I share the frustration of, I can see the frustration of many English speaking pastors. It's kind of like, well, I'm not, how did one say to me? He said, it's, um, it's always hard being a backseat driver, hmm. right? Is you know, the, the car is going a certain direction and, you know, you feel like you can chime in here and there, but you're not driving a car. So. And I think that does happen in a number of um, Chinese heritage churches where if you don't, if you're not allowed to be at the table and speak the language and have a common language at the table, then it becomes really hard. So, hmm. But if that is there, then I think that's where all the other things start to naturally develop. So that's, that's what I tend to see more. Uh, I think that's what you see at some of the churches that have switched over to English speaking seniors is that they've made that step where. The leadership is speaking in english and so that transition is a lot easier right um and again yeah at my church if it was still cantonese speaking I there's no way there's no way i could be the senior i mean it's just it's just not possible so hmm. so there's steps taken before i was there that uh, allow for it to happen
0: yeah I, I mean i think i really i, I love hearing just your thoughts on this topic um you shared some really practical things like the language of your staff meetings or your board meetings um you know being english but but i think something you said early on which i hope that our listeners don't miss because i think this really is for me kind of the, the starting point or the baseline is you said that that when we start to think and i'm assuming that you were talking not about the english congregation but the, as the whole church and it's primarily maybe a first generation congregation uh, or a Chinese congregation, um, that if they think, if they're thinking missionally, um, right. that that really uh, changes the way they think about the second and third generation and think, think maybe about the English congregation in the church. And I, I think that that is such good insight um, because oftentimes, at least in my experience or what we've seen and heard um, in the stops we've been in, uh, or even just the people we've talked to is, you know, like oftentimes the the path for the English congregation is how do we care for our, like how do we care for our young people, right? As as our children grow up, become teenagers, and we need a youth ministry, and then they get a little bit older. and And even though there is something in some ways where it's like you're thinking about Uh, evangelism sharing the gospel with your children with your own children um you know passing faith on from one generation to the next and there's something missional about that i i feel like it's also like still uh it focuses on the house like inward in in the family or in the house right because because those kids they're they're part of the extended church family just because they their parents are there and you know, um, but I guess like something maybe I hadn't really thought about is if a Chinese speaking congregation wants to be missional beyond just two Chinese speaking individuals, then the natural next step for that is well, how do we do that well in English? Because we're a church here in the United States. And, and maybe it's different, like depending on what part of the country you're in, like, you know, Steven, you and I were on the West Coast, and and at least my experience moving out here from the Midwest has been pretty different, right? Uh, Just the sheer numbers of Chinese Americans, Asian Americans in the area. Um, But at the same time, I feel like maybe we just see less of it, um, or we're just now starting to see more churches, like you said, um, who are tapping into this this missional heart to really reach beyond Mm -hmm. What feels the most familiar, and I, I think that that's really important. Um, and it's not to say that churches that aren't doing this are like they're bad or they're you know, or whatever, but I just feel like this this is God's heart for his people, and um, it at least to me, it just makes so much sense. And so, I yeah, I hope listeners, you guys, um, kind of caught that that point because that's that's really really um good insight. Um, i want to pivot just a tiny bit um because uh well one just for for time's sake but also because this is actually the the conversation that really i wanted to to have on uh with you Stephen. um and so just for some context for our listeners like a couple months ago i think i think a couple months ago um you reached out to me through another guest of the podcast um ben pun who we've had on uh more than once, I think, um, and Ben uh, reached out to me and asked, like, "Hey, you know, I was talking to Stephen in San Diego, and um, we were just wondering if you might be interested, if I if I might be interested in um, helping potentially or have a heart to um, do something that would meet the needs of churches in the area of raising up uh, pastors from the second and third generation, right?" So um like these english-speaking pastors ministry workers serving in lots of different ministries so not just like raising them up to be senior pastors like you but maybe english pastors youth pastors whatever area of ministry god calls you to and and for sure that's something that you know i love just um what god is doing in our churches and love having front row seats to that so um we connected, and 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 so out of these conversations between um, not just me, you, and Ben, but a whole team of pastors from um, out west is this event that we have coming up. events, maybe not the right word, like conference retreat, sort yeah. of um, that we have uh, that we have affectionately called Render West Coast, and that's that's not necessarily an original name so i'm going to let you kind of talk about the the genesis of this um but yeah let's let's talk about render what is it um and yeah what are some of the details of this conference that we have coming up this summer
2: yeah john i think we kind of talked about how prior to the pandemic there were people going to ministry and then the pandemic stopped all that right and then it's kind of like now we're kind of noticing like people are just starting to think about ministry again. So we thought that um, we might try to do something that uh, the um, partnership of Asian American Christians of Texas uh, PAC, PAC does. They do a conference called Render where they invite people who are interested in the ministry to hear a message, to be mentored, Um, And just to have a weekend where they can spend time reflecting upon whether God is calling them into ministry or not. And so we've decided, um, a number of us talked and we felt that, yeah, let's try to do a render on the West Coast. um, Because maybe people don't want to go out to Houston and go all the way out there, but rather stay on the West Coast. So we do have a conference. It's on July 26th and 27th. It's down here in San Diego beautiful San Diego, California, so you can just come for the location itself, or you can come for the speaker. Uh, we have a great speaker, Joey Chen from Sunset Church, um, and I think it's going to be a great time. He'll be talking about just really, you know, just knowing your call and just really being put forward and the different questions that you might have as you go into ministry. We'll also have uh, mentoring time, so I think a lot of times, um, you want someone to speak to who can speak back to you or, you know, reflect and help you to discern God's call. We'll have times a small group after messages, so you can talk with other people at the message and see if, you know, maybe you're hearing God's call that way, and we'll have a couple of workshops. Um, the cost is like $90 if you if you enroll before, I think it's May 25th, and after that is the regular cost of 110 So... Um, I think it's a great time. Um, and hopefully through that, you'll get a greater sense of ministry. We also have invited a couple of seminaries to come. And so if you're ready to go and you kind of have to conference, say, hey, I- I'm ready to go to ministry. You know, which seminaries do I go to? And then you know, we'll have, hopefully, Lord willing, we'll have three or four seminaries there. We'll see. Um, I think we have two down. We'll see. four, And then um, maybe you'll have some contacts there and you can. Really find out more, so I think it'll be a great time, and hopefully, it'll help anybody who's interested in ministry find out more and really discern God's call.
0: Yeah, and so, because again, you know, I've been involved in the planning, you know, pretty close to the beginning with you. Um, you know, obviously, we wanted to have you on to share about this opportunity. I want to make a few quick disclaimers. One is um, just so that Texas doesn't come after us that we want to f- fully give credit to to um that uh, that network of churches in Texas right. um for the name we did uh, we were inspired by them and I think even the format of much of this was um you know that we we started with what they were doing and kind of adapted it for our what we felt like would work out out west and and I think that's something that, actually like is um should be celebrated right like Mm -hmm. that before this year maybe there we didn't know what other chinese heritage churches are doing around the country and so um you know this is this is an exciting time because it means we're sharing resources and we're all playing on the same team and really i think pursuing the same thing together which is that the, the kingdom of god will be proclaimed and this is one of the ways that that we feel like the Lord has released, uh, encouraged us to really pursue much like he's done in, in Texas. So I think that's exciting. Uh, and, and I think in a smaller picture, even like this is not just a Chinese Evangelical Church of San Diego event or thing. This mm-hmm. is multiple churches from San Diego, churches from um, Los Angeles, you know, and then, uh, our speakers coming from san francisco on uh, i'm up here in south bay and um we're trying to work together to really um yeah encourage uh, i think especially young people but really anyone that has a heart to serve the lord to to really um, discover their calling and, and answer that and so i'm really excited for for this and i want to just say um that uh, before i know Jalen's got some questions and some follow-up but um, if you are interested in this event, and we'll have the the link on the episode description and on social media, um, but the website that you can go to for all the information, I think um, for registration, which should be open when this episode releases, um, is renderwestcoast.com. So renderwestcoast.com.
1: Yeah, that was going to be my first question: is how do you how do you sign up for it? Uh, I'm you know being here in the Midwest, I I'm i'm uh i'm already scheming up ways that we can rip off what you guys have ripped off from uh pact and (laughs) what they've done in texas Uh, i i'm so excited i'm definitely cheering you guys on i think this is such a needed and helpful thing um what is i guess what what are your hopes for um i mean i guess an obvious one would be that we can get more pastors right we get more ministry leaders, but, but what are some of the things that you'd, you'd want to see um, happen at Render or coming out of Render? What are some things that you guys are hoping for? And maybe I'll ask, I'll ask both of you guys, since you guys are are both involved in this.
2: Yeah. Um, I think I'll just say from my personal experience, um, I think one of the most powerful things that, um, and I didn't mention before in my call to ministry, but in in part in my call to ministry is when I went to this tr- retreat up in Lake Arrowhead. Um, and uh, Dan Lowe, who's at uh, Bread of Life in Torrance, was the guest speaker during the time. And there were about seven or eight of us who had talked about the potentiality of ministry. And Dan gathered us together to um, share about the ministry and then pray for us. And I thought that was so powerful to know that there's other guys who are interested, that I'm not a crazy person, right? I'm not crazy to think about ministry. There's like, there's other guys who are thinking about it too. And then to have someone take the time to just address ministry, address questions and pray for us, um, I think really made a big impression on me. And I think out of that group of nine, I want to say about six ended up in full-time ministry which is, like, pretty amazing. Um, I'm hoping the same thing happens at Render where, you know, if God is calling to you to ministry, that this is a way of affirming it, you know, because you're around with other people who are thinking about it, you know, you're hearing messages, you're working through, you know, everything in small groups, and, you know, it's kind of like, okay, you know, so it's really special on that. So that's what I'm hoping for. Um, the other thing I'm hoping for is that churches um come in with you know hey maybe there's internships then people who go into ministry like hey i just met someone and maybe 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 a pastor there will kind of like say hey you want to work in my church for an internship check it out then it'll be like a win-win for the church one win for the individual to check it out and so just some neat things like that that's what i would hope for too
0: yeah i think for me jalen um we know joey um And, uh, you know, I I know there's going to be great content. We have him lined up as a main session speaker. Um, We have workshops that are in the works. And just based on the topics, those are all things that I feel like are necessary conversations and will be helpful for people who are considering ministry and and how to navigate, um, you know, lots of different things. But I, I think for me, the thing that I'm most hopeful for. And I think it's probably because as a young pastor, this is what helped me to grow in my calling and, and really develop as someone who really wanted to serve the Lord and, and had learned a lot in school, but needed also someone to come alongside me to walk with me in that Um, in a way that's different from, you know, now, you know, having served in ministry for, um, you know, quite a few years that this this opportunity to to talk with someone who has run in the same direction that you feel the Lord is moving you towards has run the same paths um kind of stepped in the places where you're hoping to step i think there's so much value to that and even though it's you know it's a two-day conference so like how much how much mentoring can really happen in just two days yeah. we're trying to like have everyone be able to be given the opportunity at least to talk with Someone while they're there, but I think beyond that, my hope is that maybe some mentoring relationships will be birthed out of this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this conference, whether it's through, like Stephen said, you going to do an internship at someone's church, or maybe it can be like an informal friendship that uh, someone that you can ask questions of, or just kind of go to. Because I think mentors in the church are good, but it's also helpful to have mentors who are outside of the context that the Lord may lead you into, um, because they can give you a a slightly different perspective. And I've really benefited from having those over the years. Um, It was something that I felt like God was really gracious. in. some of those relationships I had to seek out, but others, he just kind of dropped into my lap. And um, those were so valuable to me. So my hope is beyond all the content and all the the, you know, and, and definitely the the calling side of things that Stephen just described, I, my prayer also is that um, someone who is considering going into full-time ministry would come out of that conference with some relationships that they can really turn to, um, to help them grow as a pastor, help them grow as a ministry worker, um, even as a lay leader, if that may be how God may be leading someone, I think we, yeah, maybe like 10, 20 years ago, the track, the traditional track would have just like full-time ministry but we know so many people now who maybe vocational or they're serving in kind of like a pastoral role but they are also having to work full-time doing something else and serving as a lay leader and so um yeah like that's that's really what i'm hoping will will happen yeah that's what i'm praying for
1: yeah i'm so excited i'm excited for you guys that's something that i'll be you know Watching carefully and asking you guys questions about, I think it's so exciting and um, that should be something that will, you, you know, a- anyone who's interested should should check it out. So renderwestcoast.com, every, everybody go spread that around, everybody go check that out and uh, I'm looking forward to what the Lord is going to do through that. Well, Stephen, as we wrap, we always ask uh, the same question. Um, what, what's one piece of advice or encouragement you would give to someone who is currently serving in the CHC? Um, I know you've you've been in it for, for a good, good season. So give us some of your wisdom here.
2: I think you have to be careful with the measuring rod that you use on yourself. And I think the measuring rod we typically use is you know, am I a mega church pastor? Do I have, you know, a million people downloading my messages? Do I have like thousands of people who just love me? You know, and I think I, I, I don't think that works in a Chinese heritage church. I don't know how many Chinese heritage churches there are because if you're hoping for that, it's pretty disappointing. You know, you're never going to get there, right? You just aren't. I mean, we're in a very special field and i will say it's a challenging field you know so i appreciate anybody who's in a chinese heritage church it isn't easy um and you know given all the challenges we've talked about about you know the different congregations different perspectives working through things um and so i think the way that we measure ourselves are is really so important the measuring stick that um, I always ask myself, there's two things. this one, um, am I being faithful to God, you know? Am I measuring myself by this results of, you know, thousands being saved or all these different things? Or am I measuring myself that about, you know, how faithful am I to God's call at a place that can be tougher, that, um, that the soil might not be as fertile, um, that maybe it takes longer for people to come to Christ, maybe it takes longer to see things happen. Um, am I willing to be faithful in that calling? And I think I think that's the first thing um, I would measure myself by. Um, I think the second thing is, um, there's always a temptation to do what's best for yourself. Um, and or there's a temptation about our own pride and ego. Um, and I think I think we always have to have the mindset of a shepherd that um, at the end, do I love the church more? And am I willing to take the knocks for it? You know, because I think a lot of times there's so many things that come up where, <laughs> you know, you could blow it up if you wanted to, you know, just for the sake of you, right? You know, you can just do all these things for the sake of you. And are we willing to just deny ourselves, take the cross and follow Christ and say, no, I'm going to do what's best for the church? Because um, I think, you know, in the end, that's what we're going to be measured by going back to our faithfulness when we see Christ one day is that I think it's like, were you faithful with the calling that I gave you? I didn't necessarily give you a mega church, I didn't give you this type of church, I gave you a Chinese heritage church. Are you faithful in <laughs> that calling? I think that's what God's gonna ask. And so, hopefully, if we keep that end in mind, if we don't measure ourselves, if we measure ourselves correctly by faithfulness, by doing what's best for God's church, I think the reward's gonna be there at the end, you know, and that's what we're all doing it for, right? It's, it's, that, faith, it's that reward at the end. Um, we might not always see it here on earth, maybe we'll see a glimmer of some of it, um, but I think the reward at the end will be huge. So. So I would just say, keep that end in mind, measure yourself correctly, do what's best for the church. And I think you're going to get there. And my prayer is that um, many of you will be at your church for decades, because I think that's when change really happens. Hmm. Um, change takes so long in Chinese heritage churches. Hmm. It takes forever. Um, it's just like, I mean, it's just like even our last church vote, you know, like we were, we we're voting in the Cantonese pastor, right? We started interviewing the guy in August. And then we finally make them an offer in January. I mean, it's like <laughs> you know, it's like a long process, right? Mm. And everybody was forward. Everybody was forward. He said, Yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go. It took so long. It took so long. <laughs> That's just that. You know, when everybody's forward, it took so long, right? Mm. So everything in a Chinese heritage church takes a really, 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 really long time. So you just gotta be patient and I think um the tortoise definitely wins the race here, so And, you know, I think the longer you're at a church, the more they trust you Um, and the more they know that you're there for them. So so I pray that whoever's listening, you know, all you guys just just stick it out. And I think in the end, you'll see how the church trusts you and how they'll they'll use you in a great way. Um, But it just takes a long time. So Hmm. hopefully that's helpful. So that's, that's a couple of different things I saw along the way. Um, I'm not saying every church context is perfect. I'm not saying that everybody should stay in your church context too. So, so I'm not, I'm not going to pretend to know everybody's context, but I think longevity is a good thing if it's possible in your situation.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I know that those are uh, a couple really good words, I think, for us. So thank you for sharing from just your wealth of wisdom and experience, Stephen, and, and for coming on the podcast uh, tonight with us. We just really appreciate your time and are looking forward to uh, continuing to hear about what God's doing in your church and also through um, just the ministries you're you're leading like um, Render West Coast. So thanks again for hanging out with us.
2: Oh, it's a pleasure, guys. So thanks for having me. Um, it was really fun hanging out with you guys. And yeah, I really appreciate your work on the bamboo podcast i'm an old dude so i don't listen to podcasts but now i'm tempted to kind of go back and listen to all these podcasts so i got 890 to work through (laughs) yeah
1: take your time start with the people you know that's usually where most people start (laughs) okay thanks guys really appreciate it thanks steven
0: that's the end of our episode thanks for joining us today on the bamboo pastors podcast Make sure to subscribe to the pod on whatever platform you listen to us on. Rate and review us and check in every week as we explore the joys and challenges of ministry in the Chinese church. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Bamboo Pastors. See you next time.